Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for the Servants of Christ. I'm Andrew Cook and it's good to be together once more. New Testament letter to the Ephesians, the return of the series. Also back, Malcolm Ryan with A Pastor Talks. We come back to our series of studies on Paul's letter to the Ephesians. As you may remember, Ray Tibbs has been helping us to better understand this particular book of the Bible. It is our hope and prayer here on Serving Today that you'll be able to teach and preach it to your people. So far in this series, we've covered the first two chapters of Ephesians. We saw in chapter 1 that God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit each have a part to play in the salvation of his people. Having given praise to God for this, Paul then thanks God for the Christian believers at Ephesus in his first prayer and he ends it with some great statements about Christ himself. Chapter 2 starts with a contrast between the condition of these believers before they were saved and how by God's grace and mercy they have been transformed. The wonderful privileges of those who are in Christ should then have a profound effect on how they live. And chapter 2 of Ephesians ends with more key statements, this time about the church, God's people together. Well, we've now reached chapter 3, and the passage we're going to focus on now doesn't seem to follow a normal pattern. So here's Ray Tibbs to explain it for us. This section is something of digression, with the thought which began in verse 1 not being continued until verse 14. So this section from verse 2 to 13 concerns the mystery of Christ. We're looking, first of all, at the reality of that mystery in verse 6. Which reads, The mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. So Paul goes back and summarises chapter 2. All of humanity is included in the mercy of God not just the Jewish nation. Believing Gentiles everywhere have a new status. They are no longer outsiders. What privileges do the Gentiles and Jewish believers now share? Well, they are, first of all, fellow recipients of the inheritance which awaited Israel, that is, the glory of heaven. They are also fellow members of the body of Christ on earth, the church, and they are fellow partakers of the promise of Christ, salvation for all who have trusted in him. And how did this dramatic change of status for Gentile believers come about? Well, we're told in verses 2 through to 5 and 7 through to 9 that, first of all, It was something new. The mystery of Christ was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. 
Then it goes on in verse 9, to make plain to everyone the administration of this ministry, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. The fullness of this mystery had been hidden from previous generations. Only hints of it were given in the past before the final disclosure in that generation. But then it came by the Holy Spirit, verse 5. This truth was flawlessly communicated to mankind by God himself. It did not originate with man, although God used human messengers to circulate it. And how was such a mystery communicated at a human level or in human terms? Well, verses 2 through to 4 and 7 through to 9 show that originally this involved Paul. And so starting at verse 2, it says, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. And then further down at verse 8, he says, Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. So despite his past, the mighty power of God had been at work in Paul's life. His God-given task was to make known that mystery to those for whom it was intended. Paul's own experience was exemplary in this respect. Although Jewish, he had been so unworthy of God's mercy, that is by persecuting his followers, that if God had been gracious to him, so he could be gracious to Gentiles, who were equally unworthy, but for different reasons. And why had this mystery been kept a secret? So verses 10 and 11 tells us the reason for the secret. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. First of all, there's reference to disclosure. This means revelation, and this revelation of the new status of Gentiles points to a further revelation of the many-sided nature of the wisdom of God. His love, power, justice and grace are more clearly seen. Then secondly, there is observation. In particular, it is the heavenly host which sees this more complete revelation of God. From their vantage point, the angelic hosts can see his work in its entirety. See Luke chapter 15 and verse 10 or 
1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. Then there is participation. The church is the agency through which this disclosure is made. God is seen to be at work in human life, not just reconciling them with himself, but also with each other. And then finally, there is the intention that God had always planned it this way. It had been in his mind before creation and had been realised through the incarnation and death of Jesus Christ. Humanity was made one in him. We've just seen then the reality and revelation of the mystery, the reason for the secret. What was the outcome of all this? Yes, the results of this secret are seen in verses 12 and 13. In him and through faith in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you therefore not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. The first result is that we have access. The way to God is open. Christ has accomplished it for us and we can enter it only by putting our faith in him. The second result is confidence. That access is unrestricted and without any obstacles. Along with access, acceptance is guaranteed. We need have no fear as we come. There is no condemnation. Romans 8 verses 1 and 2. Then the third result is encouragement. The sufferings of others should not cause us to lose our confidence in the goodness and power of God. Their adversity can work for our good. Knowing what the power of God in Christ has accomplished in uniting us with God and with others, we can make use of the access we have and earnestly call upon God to use his mighty power on their behalf. If God has heard our prayers before, we can be assured that he will do so again. Alternatively, if their service for God has been curtailed, that loss could inspire us to take their place. Thank you once again, Ray. Here on Serving Today, we welcome back Malcolm Ryan in the series A Pastor Talks. These short talks are helpful in showing us how to apply the Bible's message to the common everyday experiences of the Christian life. And the thought he shares with us this time is about suffering and gratitude. In 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 16 to 18, the Apostle Paul says that we're to rejoice always, pray continually. And get this, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Well, I can hear someone saying, are you serious? No doubt about it. Giving thanks, whatever the circumstances, that's a big ask. 
I mean, maybe things have been pretty tough for you recently. Maybe your health has deteriorated or you've lost your job. Maybe a loved one has passed away and you're struggling with negative emotions that threaten to overwhelm you. And yet in the midst of our difficulties and hardships, we can thank God because he has promised to be with us and help us. In fact, he can use times of suffering to draw us closer to himself. And that's why the Apostle James writes something in his New Testament letter that may also get us thinking, there's been a misprint. Right at the start of this letter, chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Joy? Isn't that a bit over the top, we might ask? Ah, but then we go on to read verse 3, which causes us to realise that there's a very good reason for us going through tough times. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Well, our thanks to Malcolm Ryan and before that to Ray Tibbs as well. And that is the end of our time together. We hope that you found the programme helpful for your ministry. Do join us again soon here on Serving Today. So this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye and may God bless you. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Or email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk Until next time, goodbye.